Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. A couple of summers ago, I got a new bike and I was really keen to go out cycling. Now, Alice, my daughter, who's a keen cyclist, invited me out on a ride with her. Now, you need to understand, she's about 100% fitter than me. And so uh, she told me to stick close behind her. And I found that being in her slipstream made cycling so much easier. But if I let her get away from me, you know, if the gap between us just got too big, I lost the advantage uh, and it was much harder to catch up. It took more energy, it was more tiring, uh, and I would just feel like giving up. You see, it's easier to keep up than it is to catch up. This same with the true with our money, but I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. Uh, we are into our final part of this Money Talk series. It's been based on a North Point series, a teaching series, a year and a half ago. Uh, and we're looking at what our money would want to say to us or say about us if it could talk. Now, you see, there's this amazing parallel between what our money would say, you know, if it was trying to help us, and what Jesus did say. And you can catch up on the past two weeks' talks via our website at forgechurch.com. Because in week one, Johnny picked up on the first thing that our money would say. And it would say this, I can add meaning to your life, but I'm not the meaning of life. In other words, just having money should never be our goal. Money becomes most meaningful when we use it as a means to an end that doesn't end with us. And so how we spend our money will say an awful lot about who we are and what our priorities are. And then last week, uh, what money would say to us was this, that your self-control determines which of us gets control. In other words, many of our money issues often begin with our character rather than our income, which is why money would say, I'm a better servant than master. And today, here's the third thing that our money would say about us. You'll find I'm easy to keep up with, but I'm difficult to catch up it's like me trying to keep up with Alice. It takes more energy and it's more tiring and stressful playing catch up financially. In other words, we should be knowing where our money is going. Because when we lose track, we feel, well, we feel out of control. And when we don't keep up with our money, it can kind of race away from us and we find ourselves in all kinds of problems. You know, this happened to me uh, in the early years of our marriage. I started using a credit card because it was just so easy. And then when the bills came in and we couldn't afford to pay it off each month, you know, we were stuck with a debt that we couldn't pay. And I just didn't know where all the money had gone. It was awful. That I, I, it was lack of sleep. I felt stressed. I, I was trying to keep it a secret out of embarrassment. And you see, if money could have talked to me, it would have said, look, I'm easy to keep track, but lose track of me and you'll lose your peace of mind. Now, I, 
For some of you, you know this experience. I mean, listen, if, if you find yourself in that place right now, if you're in debt or really struggling financially due to redundancy or poor spending or maybe just other life circumstances, please don't keep it secret, just as we did um, for those few months years ago. It will only compound the problem. You know, there is help available. If you're local to um, the Suffolk area, you can email cap at forgechurch.com by asking for help and a man called Peter will get in touch with you. It's completely confidential and he'll be able to help you take some wise steps towards getting out of debt. It might take some time, but I promise it will be helpful. Otherwise, if you're watching from further afield, just contact capuk.org and they'll put you in touch with a local centre to where you live and they'll be able to help and support you. And you know, part of the process of getting out of debt is knowing where your money's going and it's keeping track of your money. And so I want to set all of you who are watching today a challenge. Now, I know I set one last week, which many of you will have just ignored so far, but I want to encourage you to go back and listen again. And for the next two months, remember this from last week, choose the percentage of your income and give it away as soon as you get paid. You can give it to charity, to a family or a friend in need, but, but do it as soon as you get paid. And then secondly, pay attention to the internal tension that this creates. That was last week's challenge. Today, I want to challenge you again to do something that I did a while back. And honestly, it was enlightening. Now, for two months, I'm asking you to do this, to track your spending. Keep a record of everything you spend, whether it's clothes, food, books, bills, fuel. And at the end of those two months, sit down and review it. In other words, really understand where your money is going. And if you don't like what you see as you work through that, thirdly, then make adjustments. You see, for me, when I did this, it was food and coffee. I had no idea how much Tesco's and Costa Coffee got from me. Honestly, it was really sobering. I, I needed a cup of coffee just to get over the shock. I did. Now, if you do this, it will change how you spend your money. Why? Because you've got to write it down and writing it down makes you accountable. It's the same principle I found when I went to Slimming World, which I need to go back to. Um, when I first went, I kept a log of everything I ate and the sin value to each meal. They, they work in sins, not, value, uh, not um, calories. And I hated writing it down. You know, two bars of crunchies, uh, 12 sins, when the maximum for one day was 15 sins. Honestly, it was so embarrassing. So keeping a track of spending makes you more careful and thoughtful about what you buy and how you use your money. It's even more important to do that if you're doing okay, if you're financially secure. You know, at those times we can easily become more wasteful. Why? Just because we have more money. I, uh, or Sarah and I visited Sarah's sister in New Zealand earlier this summer before lockdown uh, and no one in her family was wasting water. You know, they weren't on mains and so they had to rely on the rainwater from tanks and there'd been a drought for over two months and so they were being very careful and they did everything they could to preserve the water. Now, at other times and on other visits, they weren't anywhere near as careful. Why? Well, because they then had lots of water. So, when we're better off financially, 
It's often, well, we're often not as careful and we can easily end up hoarding and spending more money on ourselves. So for two months, track your spending, sit down and review it. And then thirdly, make the adjustment. And what does it tell you about your spending and your money management? Now, some of you are thinking, but I have a bank statement each month, so I can just see where my money's going. Well, yeah, that's true. But do you ever stop and look and really analyze where your money's going? I mean, how much do you spend on utility bills, on clothes, on Amazon, on meals out, on fuel in your car? You see, Keeping a track, this method is better than having a budget. A budget is good, but a budget is theory. Whereas a statement actually shows where your money has gone. Now, I realize that some of you are thinking already, okay, this is great, Steve, but this is really shallow. This is a bit like a self-help talk, which, which is useful, but it's not biblical. So for all of you who are watching, who are Christians, who want to hear more from what Jesus said than Stephen said, then great, which is a much better way to go, by the way, then let's look at what Jesus had to say about this, because Jesus had so much to say about money and our attitudes towards it. In fact, I'm not sure you're going to like what Jesus says because it completely changes our outlook on our money if we take him at his word. So are you ready? Jesus said that your money and my money is not our money. It's his. And what we are, we are just managers, not owners. And if we're managers, we need to manage well and we need to be knowing where that money is going. Jesus was a great storyteller. He, uh, his stories were always to illustrate what the kingdom of God is like. In other words, where heaven meets earth. And the kingdom of God is the value system of God that gets worked out through Jesus. And so over and over again with his stories, Jesus starts by saying the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is like. And in Matthew's gospel, and Matthew was a disciple of Jesus who used to deal with money day in and day out because Matthew used to be a tax collector who Jesus called to follow him. And in his gospel, in his account of Jesus' life, Matthew records many of the stories of Jesus. And again, over and over again, Jesus' stories would involve the topic of money and of possessions. And I think it's because he knew that this was such a key area for us uh, to, to follow him in. So in Matthew 25, he records the now famous story of Jesus called the parable of the talents. And this is what he writes. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. And then he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Now, if you're used to hearing Jesus' stories, you'll know that he usually includes a God figure and an us figure. And if you read this whole story, you'll soon see that the wealthy man going on the journey represents the God figure. And the people that he entrusts his money to are his, the followers of Jesus or, or potential followers of Jesus, you and me. So a quick question, who's the boss who owns the money? 
Now that's not a trick question. It's the wealthy man, isn't it? And what percentage does he own? Well, he owns 100%. So what percentage was owned by the servants? Well, it's zero, isn't it? It's nothing. Because it all belonged to the master, but he says, I'm going to give it to you, not for you to keep, but for you to manage, to use well, to invest and to bring a return on my money. I want you to manage it in the way you think I would so that when I get back, you can show me how wisely you've invested it and I can receive the benefit of that investment. Now, if you know the story, two of the three servants do well. They double the money that they were given to manage. The other one, well, <laughs> the other one just buries it. And so what's the point of the story? Was it how much they were given to manage? No, of course not. It was what they did with what they were asked to manage. And Jesus was making it this, this really clear, that 100% of the money belonged to the wealthy man and 0% belong to the servants. They were just managers, not owners. But as managers, they were responsible and accountable for what had been given to them. So do you see, no matter how much money you have, how much you make or earn or how wealthy you get, you don't ever need to feel guilty or allow others to make you feel guilty. Why? Because money managers don't feel guilty because it's not their money. But money managers do feel responsible and accountable for it. So why should you keep a track of where your money is going? Well, it's because it's not your money. You and I, we, we should be knowing where our master's money is going. So you and I should pay attention. And uh, the more we have, the closer attention we should pay. So create a system and track your money. Just do this for two months and if you don't like what you see or if you would be embarrassed by the thought that God knew how you were spending his money, then adjust your spending. And if you're spending loads on yourself or, or on things that you don't care about, then make changes. Give more away. Jesus said, so much about money and possessions because money is probably the key competitor for our hearts. It's where we're drawn to find our security, our value and our happiness. And so we just end up not needing God. Listen, how you manage your money says so much about who you are and also whose you are. And if you pay attention to where your money is going, you will live better, you will have more peace and less fear, and you'll definitely be more generous, and you will have far more purpose in life. So if our money could actually talk, what would it say to us and what would it say about us? Well, I believe it would say this, I can add meaning to your life, but I'm not the meaning of life. It would say, I'm a better servant than I am a master, but ultimately, it's your self-control that determines which one of us gets control. And then today you'll find I'm easy to keep up with, but I'm difficult to catch up with. And finally, reflecting the words and the teaching of Jesus through his ministry, it would say this, what you choose to do with me speaks volumes about who you are and whose you are. Let me pray. Father, we have been reminded today that the money we have isn't actually ours, ultimately it's yours. It all 
belongs to you, but you give it to us to, to manage and to use wisely. So please, would you change the perspective that we have on money? And would you help us to use it for a means to an end that isn't us? And would you create in us a generous heart? And would you help us to track our money and be responsible and invest it wisely? Please protect us from trying to find in money what we can only truly find in you, which is our security, our value and our happiness. Lord, help us to learn and action those things that you've spoken to us about over these past three weeks so that we can build our lives on you and on your kingdom values. In Jesus' name. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find a next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the fort. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.